welcome to another fun-filled weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and at Kim underscore McGee on the IG. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com for more details. You can follow our podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply going to War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Just type in that search engine box on all uh, podcast platforms, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And also, we're on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media, that's on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. And as we take a bow and give kisses, thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, I love what we do here as we talk basketball for this first segment. What I didn't like was uh, since the NBA is back up and running, we'll start local as usual. The Chicago Bulls. <sighs> I know it's nothing to laugh at, but sometimes you got to laugh to keep from crying. The Chicago Bulls start off the second half of the season with a loss, a big loss to the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday by the score of 127 to 105. Dwight Howard turned back the clock, led the Sixers with 18 points, 12 rebounds. Laurie Marketer, who who's back from injury for the hundredth time, <laughs> led Chicago with 23 points and four rebounds. Before we break this down, Lakini, I did watch the highlights to be truthful about it. Maybe the NBA uh, misled me in some way. Did Charles Barkley p- play for the Sixers? <laughs> like 26. 20- like 25 years ago or 27 years ago, something like that. <laughs> I, I thought he was out on the court on Thursday. I, I'm not sure. Did Ellen Iverson play in that game? <laughs> Hasn't played there in about 15 years, I think. Oh, okay. Was Jerry Sackhouse out there? Uh, I think it's been longer for him in a Sixers uniform. I, I mean, look, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, look, it, it, it's, so, I think that, Look, I thought that maybe it was going to be, you know, I thought the game was going to be close. I think a lot of people did, especially with Embiid and both Embiid and Simmons out. Of course, you do, you know, contact tracing and such. Mm-hmm. We talked about it on a podcast a couple of days ago. <clears throat> but look, Tobias, Tobias Harris scored 24. He kind of stepped it up there, 16 and 9, when he scores over 20 points. Dwight Howard, who I think people forget is actually on the. It's actually on the Sixers. People forget about that. You know, mm-hmm. he had 18 off the bench. So, you know, Matthias DeBow, you know, had 13, you know, made, a, you know, some, some great steals and such. He had five steals. So, I, I mean, I think Doc probably told him, okay, look, guys, this Bulls team is actually pretty decent. So, y'all can't be going to the club. So, I mean, I mean, look, this is, there's no excuse. And look, Billy Donovan was very, you know, we know how very transparent he is. And after the ga- game, he was, you know, he basically said, look, you know, they, they, you know, look, we sucked, you know, that they, we didn't deserve mm-hmm. to play, the, win the game, and we didn't deserve to play in that game. I mean, look, Lori Marketing, you know, the circle of Lowry, as I call it, you know, I was talking to our, our, our buddies, you know, friends of the show, Matt Peck and Dave Watson, and their Bulls Outsiders on Hot Making on YouTube, you guys. Yeah, we got to bring Dave over here. Yeah, I got to reach out to him, you know, he's following me on Twitter, uh, Twitter now, too, so I got to reach out to him, because he's very, very smart, and very, 
very funny. And, you know, I think that Laurie, you know, when once people were giving up on Laurie, he pulls you back in. I mean, look, Zach Levine did his thing, you know, had 19, you know, Kobe White, you know, he didn't shoot the ball well, but he shot well from three, so he had 18. But that's about it. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr., I mean, it, 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 it just, like, it, you're back to that again. Tony Bradley basically just, you know, just kind of mauled him. And, you know, when Howard was out there, he just hammered him. Otto Porter Jr., you know, in his first came back, too. He, you know, three points, so he wasn't very productive. You know, P. Wills, <laughs> you know, Patrick Williams struggled. So I, I think, you know, I think we're kind of going, in the, you know, not back into reality as far as this Bulls team is concerned. Say, okay, you know what? We're not at Philly's level yet, even without their, their two top stars. We're not at that level yet, so let's just, you know, <laughs> let's just, you know, forget all about all that, what we were saying, before, you know, at, right before the break. Here's the thing that I, I, I told you guys I was most concerned about for the last few weeks regarding this Bulls team. This season was about evaluation uh, for uh, individual players, and I still believe that now. You saw what happened on Thursday, as you mentioned. This team is not where it wants to be yet, but they still have a long way to go. Like you mentioned, the comments that Billy Donovan said after the game were valid. If if I'm not going to coach, if you're not going to play, I'm not going to coach. Still in the phrase for old Blackhawks hockey head coach Mike Keenan there. Uh, th this team needs to be not back into reality. Hopefully they can bounce back soon. This is going to tell the sign whenever their next game is. I don't have the schedule in front of me yet, but whenever the next game is, uh, this team and needs to turn it around. And I'm not going to overvalue this team now. I'm not going to say it's over for them. They're trash. They're back to the way things were the last few years. I'm not going to go there either. But there, there's certain guys that, let me be honest, Lakina, I think I said it before. If not, I'll say it again. The two, the two players that I'm done with, and I'm taking this to like a relationship level, you give people chance after chance after chance, and then – it's the red flags are there. It's so obvious that you have to be totally dead to not see them. I'm done with them. I'm done with Otto Porter Jr. And I, I told you my feelings are Lowry. I'm done with him too. Too bad he's not an unrestricted free agent. He said he's a restricted free agent this summer. I'm I'm done with both of them. I know Otto Porter Jr. is a free agent this summer, so his his salary is going to come off the books. Lowry marketing. I, he, he's he's a great shooter, but uh, to be fair, I know this will be coming off as an unfair point, but you, you have to question his toughness. And he, uh, whenever he comes back, he keeps getting injured, and to a lesser stick, Wendell Carter Jr., too, uh, even though he's playing out of position. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Laurie, he is a very good player when he's streaky. We saw that the last time, Lakina. We talked about it a month ago when he came back from his other injury. But <laughs> You cannot ruin uh, the chemistry of this team right now uh, by you keep being hurt and being inconsistent. Uh, more so of Otto Porter Jr. He's been on the milk cart ever since he's been here, okay? And, and Laurie, uh, how long will he stay healthy? Do you trust him to stay healthy through the end of the season, whether they make the playoffs or not? Right now is a big old question mark. And to be real about it, I say no. Yeah, I mean, look, like I, like I said, it's a circle of Lowry, right? I mean, just when you give up on him, he pulls you back in. Just when you thought, mm -hmm. you know, he pulls you back in, you know, then he disappoints you again. So, yeah, I, I, I've had an ex-boyfriend like that, unfortunately. That's that's why he's an ex, so that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's another story for 
more than another podcast. You know, more than another pod. But uh, I mean, look, look, I look, I defended Lauer when he came out of Arizona. I, I said, look, this was a good pick. I think in the right system, you know, the system that was in, in place then, maybe he could have improved. But he hasn't. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And look, I mean, if this summer, I think if you want to try and perhaps maybe make sure he plays well, so that maybe you know if. Look, maybe can you at least trade him, or maybe perhaps you know if you do decide, because I don't think they're, I don't think you know Mark Eversley and AK, I don't think they're going to bring him back. I just don't see it happening. So, you know, if you want to at least try to see maybe get something for him, you know, maybe you can. As for Otto, I mean, look, I think he's just a very expensive guy that once the season's over with, you know, his salary out off the books, and you can kind of just spend that to however you want to spend it. So that's sort of been my feeling about Lowry and. um Auto, but um, as far as you know, the schedule is concerned, they would have played on against Miami by the time this 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 is this premieres on YouTube. So, you know, Alana Techire, Matt Peck, you guys better be nice to each other. We better not, you know, <laughs> don't do not, you know, don't <laughs> don't do do anything. You know, you'll be nice. You'll be civil on Twitter, uh, guys. But yeah, I, I got, I'll have to follow those two after the Blackhawks because they play the night against the Florida Panthers and Coach Q's team. So I'll have to follow them after I uh, watch the Hawks. Uh, like you said, both of them had to play nice in the sandbox. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, they do. Um, both of them friends of the show, by the way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, we love them. Um, and also, they play Toronto tomorrow. So that should help a little bit. We'll see how they are. You know, Toronto have had, has had, have had their various issues. So Yeah, bad loss against Atlanta on Thursday. Yeah, that was just, you know, you know on a Tony Sell buzzer beater of all. All people. <laughs> although, although he did do that, he did do that for the Bulls a few years ago. Remember, Sid? So, you yeah, know, that that's so that you know that's really you know that's not really surprising. But look, as far as this Bulls team is concerned, look, I didn't have any expectations. If they make it to the playoffs, they make it to the play and fine. If they don't, okay, then you can kind of evaluate these guys. Like I said, most of these guys are probably not going to be here next season. So let's just see what you got. And you know, you know, besides Zach, you know, who else? And probably Kobe too. Who yeah, and P will of course. So you know, he didn't have a had a good night a couple of nights ago. But you know, I think sort of try to see if we can probably get a, a top free agent. Maybe get maybe a, a tier guy. Look, Lamarcus is all Lamarcus Aldridge. We'll talk about that in a minute. He's out there now. So that that's that's sort of surprising. But you know, you want to bring him back. I know he's thirty five, but he can still shoot. He can give you fourteen in about eight or nine rebounds so that's something that they need you know he's a big guy that can actually shoot yes he's a defensive liability but you know he could be kind of like that veteran another veteran leader that you can get so we'll see yeah just uh, taking a look at the box score from Thursday's loss to Philadelphia the Sixers have a pretty much a deep roster I know most people don't will not give them credit for it but it took a total team effort. Tobias Harris uh, led the squad with 24 points. Uh, Tony Bradley chipped in with 14. Seth, not Steph, Seth Curry, his little Remember brother, yep. contributed <laughs> with uh, 12 points. And Shane Milton had 10 points as well. So Philadelphia has a pretty balanced team. Will they make it to the finals? I'm not sure, but once B and Jolo and B, who's a top three MVP candidate for this season, and Ben Simmons get back as soon as possible, that team is going to be a team to reckon with. I know people want to give the Eastern Conference title to Brooklyn, but uh, not so fast mm-hmm. if Philadelphia is healthy come playoff time. Yeah, Philly, yeah, Philly and Doc will have something to say about that when it comes to the East is concerned. What impressed you over these last couple of days that – Yes, you know, since the ABAs came back from their all-star break. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, they had a big win on Thursday night against the Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors. Uh, 
as we mentioned before on the show, no controversy so far from the Clippers this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Teron Lou is their uh, new head coach. You haven't heard a peep out of him. It seems like they, uh, so far from the outside looking in, they're keeping everything in house. As of this recording, they are 25 and 14. Kawhi Leonard did his thing on Thursday, scoring 28 points. Paul George contributed with 20 plus points as well. Also on Thursday, which most uh, the game that most people did not pay attention to. The mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns just keep on rolling. They defeated the Portland Trailblazers 127-121. to 121. These two stars were the, uh, were the standouts. Devin Booker had a game-high 35 points, while Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Dame Dollar, as the kids will call him, scored a team-high 30 points for Portland. I think Portland still uh, are going to be a factor, assuming they get LaMarcus Aldridge or perhaps get DeAndre Drummond. Uh, they need to get back healthy, first of all, with uh, Nurkic and C.J. McCollum. But if they, if they could pick up LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't know if he wants to go back to Portland, but if they could pick up one of those guys, him or Drummond, they could really scare some teams. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Lakers mm-hmm. or the Clippers. I think they can give Clippers trouble if they're healthy, more so than the Lakers, if they pick up one of those guys. But uh, – Pressure needs to be taken off Dame Dame Lillard because he, we all know that he's the leader of the team. He does everything for them. He just needs some help, especially in the middle. Yeah, you know, Kamara Anthony is 35, so or 34, I should say. So he, you're not going to get too much contribution as much as he can from him. So he's basically doing it by himself. I mean, look, Gary Trent Jr. had 17, and Illis Cantor had 16, but they really didn't have too much after that. So as far as you know, the Suns, I mean. I mean, Miles Bridges is sort of like this, sort of like the third guy. Me, Kyle Bridges, I should say, is that third guy, you know, mm-hmm. after CP3 and, of course, Devin Booker. You know, Aiden had 11 points. Jake Crowder, 13 off the bench. So they had a lot of bench. They had a lot of bench. Even campaign. Campaign of all people. Horrible. Yeah, I saw him last night. <laughs> oh, Thursday night, I should say. <laughs> he had 13. Yeah. So, you know, that that's interesting. But, look, Monty Williams, you know, we we worried about him, you know, in our NBA midseason show. You know, he has definitely worked mm-hmm. wonders with that roster. So, you know, congrats to him. And, look, I mean, they could probably give either one of, you know, the Lakers, the L.A. teams, and perhaps maybe even Utah. You know, should they face Utah somewhere down the line in the playoffs, give them a run for their money. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me, as we talk about the NBA mm-hmm. as the best – best games and moments we saw from this past week as the second half of the season is now underway. Lakina, let's go back to Thursday's action. It was the first game of the TNT doubleheader. It was the Brooklyn Nets once again without Kevin Durant in that hamstring. Mm-hmm. They defeated the Boston Celtics at the Barclays Center 121-109. to Kyrie Irving led all scores with 40 points. Jason Tatum dropped 31 for the C's. Lakina, like I said before, Brooklyn is a very good team, but they need everybody healthy, and they need to develop the chemistry among those three guys with Durant, Harden, and Irving. Boston, I still like them, but they're just too damn inconsistent for me. They are. Yeah, and, you know, Kyrie loves playing his former teams, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. scores like 35 to 40 average, you know, against both, you know, the, the Cavs and now, you know, of course, the Celtics. I mean, there needs to be some consistency, like you said. Hopefully, when KD does come back, they can kind of work on their chemistry. And now you got Blake Griffin now in there, so you know, I'm sure that's going to take a couple couple games for them to kind of work on that, you know, that team chemistry. Look, you know, they they gave 100 109 points. I don't think that's going to work in the playoffs. I mean, you, of course, you know, 
yes, they'll score 130, 120, 140, but yet they'll probably give up maybe about 115 or 120. So mm -hmm. they need to work on their defense. That's why I get brought in Blake Griffin. So, I mean, who did not play on Thursday? No, he didn't. You know, it'll probably be. I think they'll, the next game they probably will. They'll he'll probably play, but. I mean, look, their defense isn't been a problem. I'm sure, look, Steve Nash knows this. I mean, you know, Mike D'Antoni, who's, his, who's you know, his assistant, you know, he's allergic to defense, let's just be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. But, you know, they, they yep. look, 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 I mean, the Nets look really good. And, you know, sort of business as usual. Kyrie, again, like, like I said, loves playing his, you know, his former team. So it, it's fine. Probably the most impressive performance for me was the Bucks over the Knicks. I thought that game was going to be a lot closer. They beat, mm -hmm. the, they beat the Knicks by 33. I mean, I did not see that coming. I mean, you know, Giannis had 24. All five, all five of their starters were in double figures. I mean, you led by Giannis, of course, with 24. And, you know, here, I think this has got to be a season high, season high for him. Brent Flores had 21 off the boards. I should say had 21 off the bench. Easy. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michigan State fans probably remember him. You know, he's a, you know, fourth year out of Michigan, you know, a guy, a guy I haven't heard in years. I believe he played with Miles Bridges, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that, that was a big, that was definitely a career high for him, but you know, look, a mm -hmm. nice contribution for him. So the Bucks are, are saying, Hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're still here too. You know, I treat them like I treat the Utah Jazz. You're a great re regular season team. Show me. Show me some consistency. Show up in the big moments come playoff time. That's all I have to say about about Milwaukee. Um, going back to Wednesday when the second half season uh, kicked off, the Dallas Mavericks defeated the San Antonio Spurs 115-104. to DeMar DeRozan led San Antonio with 30 points. Of course, as we mentioned a moment ago, LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs organization agreed to part ways. Uh, on the other side for the Dallas Mavericks, Christoph Porzingis, is he finally uh, going to stay healthy for an entire year, Lakina? He added 28 points for them while grabbing 14 rebounds. I don't know that he, he's finally going to – hopefully, he, uh, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, he's finally going to live up to that second billing next to Luka Doncic. But uh, mm -hmm. if he keeps putting out numbers like that, Dallas is going to be a tough out uh, come playoff time. Uh, like a year ago, even though Luka Doncic was playing on one one great angle. Yeah, and and also too, I think the the um Rick you know Rick Carlisle's job security is pretty much intact for now because <laughs> you know because mm -hmm. in the beginning of the season people were you know asking for his jobs you know the way they struggle, but now let's see. I mean, look, let's see if for a second to stay healthy. We saw how much of a monster he is w when he is healthy. So hopefully he can you know he can keep it you know. So, you know, keep him, you know, keep himself healthy because I, I think that that's when the Mavs are really good when both Luca and Porzingis. That's kind of that's kind of mm -hmm. like their dynamic duo for the Mavs. So hopefully, you know, this will be a start of something, you know, a pretty good playoff second half slash playoff run for the uh, the Mavs. Yeah, let's see what happens there. They can stay healthy uh, for the remainder of the season. Before we move on, let's take a look at the uh, uh, the highlight games for this upcoming weekend. For the NBA, let's start off with Saturday's games, which is tonight if you're listening on Saturday, which I assume most of you are. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pistons will take on the, on the Brooklyn Nets. That's an NBA TV game at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We assume that Kevin Durant is still going to be out with a hamstring injury. Will this be the Nets' debut of Blake Griffin? We shall see. The Pistons, as we know, they're rebuilding again, and the Nets are trying to build on that 25-13 and 13 record. 
Also at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Bucks will travel to D.C. to face the Wizards. Let's see what uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo does uh, on the road against a struggling Wizards team. And then, of course, at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on NBA TV, the second game of that uh, of the doubleheader for that network, it is the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Denver to take on the Nuggets. Jokic versus Luka, or Jamal yes. Murray versus Luka. That should be a that should be an interesting one tonight. I am looking forward to that one. Also, to Indiana and Phoenix, that should be another, mm-hmm. another nine o'clock one. That should be an interesting game as well. Going yeah, off- I saw the, yeah, I saw the first matchup between those two two teams early Me in the too. season. Yeah, Phoenix got the best of the Pacers. Now the Pacers are trying to uh, hang on and get back into that uh, playoff conversation to participate in that. 7 to 10 spot tournament. Uh, they need to get it going here as they start off a road trip out west. Yeah, that's yeah. They have a, definitely have a tough road trip out west. So it doesn't get easy when it starts. They have to play Phoenix. So that should be interesting there. Mm-hmm. Going to Sunday, you got Utah and Golden State. That's an NBA TV game at 3 o'clock. Also, San Antonio and Philly. That's the second of that double afternoon double header. Um, Miami and Orlando. That's always fun when those two play. Um, also, you know, Toronto and Chicago, we talked about that. It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how Toronto looks. You know, they had a tough loss against Atlanta a couple of days ago. That should be interesting. Also, the nightcap of the NBA slot, of, you know, after they do their Selection Sunday stuff, uh, it'll be the Clippers and New Orleans. You got Kawhi versus, versus Zion. That should be a fun one in New Orleans. Yes, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to that first game. Lakina, as you mentioned, part of the NBA TV doubleheader. Utah at Golden State. Uh, Golden State, uh, they're at 500 as we speak. Utah has been uh, so-so on the road this year with a 12-7 and record away from, um, from Salt Lake City. For Golden State, I, I, this is one of those games that you have to show up and win. Utah, uh, uh, they started off hot to begin the year, but they cooled off a little bit. So I want to see if Golden State could take advantage of them early with a hot start because – we all know that Steph Curry can get going, but I know James Weissman, he was benched in the first half the other night against the Clippers. I know Steve Kerr said it was part of uh, the learning process. I know you still have Kelly Rube over there, and you still have uh, Andrew Wiggins, who's having a nice year so far. So I want to see what Golden State does uh, uh, against the Utah Jazz, especially after being embarrassed in Los Angeles on national te- television mm-hmm. on Thursday. Should be very interesting in that matchup. Now off to the Monday matchups. Um, you know, Milwaukee versus Washington. That should be interesting there. You got Giannis versus Bradley Beal. That should be an interesting one there. Mm-hmm. And in Brooklyn, you got the Knicks in, in Brooklyn. I'm sure they're, the Knicks are going to want to bounce back after being embarrassed by the Bucks. Couple yeah, of but that game is on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, so let's hope that you know they don't get embarrassed there. Um, Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, hard to believe this game is not going to be uh, on nationally. You got the Clippers and the Dallas. I'll be watching that game via my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> another one. You got Indiana and Denver. That's another. That you know, that's in the second game of that road trip. Indiana has um, Memphis and Phoenix. That should be another good one at nine o'clock. Also, you got the Lakers and Golden State. Yeah, those those two nine o'clock games. I'm looking really looking forward to the Grizzlies. Are still hanging around Lakina around that seventh eighth spot with the uh, seven and sixteen record as we record this program. The Suns, as I mentioned, they keep on rolling. Not too many people are talking about them. Are there 
are there a team that could be in play for LaMarcus Aldridge or DeAndre Drummond? We shall see. And, of course, like you mentioned, the Lakers and Warriors to wrap up uh, Monday night. The Lakers embarrassed the Warriors about almost two weeks ago. Let's see if they could do it again uh, sp- uh, now on the road at the Chase Center. Should be a lot of fun. You listen to Second City Sports Podcast along with like along with Sydney Brown, who is he? I'm Lakina McGee, who is she? And we're talking some hoops right here, right now, right here. And you know what? <laughs> I know, you know, look, I've look, I've, you know, I'm look, I've had a laptop for a couple of days, so I'm just you know, I'm just kind of getting back into the into the groove. But uh let's go to the college hardwood now, Sid. You got the conference tournaments going on, you know, the, the bigger conferences, you know, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, SEC, ACC. You know, by the time, you know, we start, you know, a lot of the finals will be about to go underway. What has impressed mm-hmm. you what has impressed you so far in the conference tournaments? Uh, going back to Tuesday's action, Gonzaga, they were uh, very impressive, uh, even though the, don't let the final score fool you, but they were, imp- they were impressive in their West Coast Conference uh, title game against BYU. They defeated BYU 88-78. to Jalen Suggs was one of the I believe one of the most underrated, top underrated players in the country. He led Gonzaga with 23 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Gonzaga, I know they'll probably get the number one overall seed, but uh, uh, it's not going to be an easy road for them. But uh, I like the way this team is playing, but if they'll have to play the the likes of Illinois or Michigan, maybe Kansas, they could face some trouble, but – uh, uh, looking at them, the last couple of games of that West Coast Conference tournament, I really like the way they're playing playing right now. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to look. I'm look. I'm all, I'm at show me mode when it comes to Gonzaga. Do it for me. Do it for us in the tournament. Mm-hmm. That, that's sort of that's sort of been like you know like I feel about Utah and you know Milwaukee in the regular season NBA here in you know college. You know I'm at Gonzaga. Look, show show me. You know show me what you can do, especially the way it's set up this year. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to be kind of in a mini bubble. You know, you're going to be in Indiana and they may, you know, you might have to play like at nine or 10 in the morning, your time. So that's going to be interesting how they set up that scheduling. But I, I have to say, you know, so far, I mean, I mean, the potential bid stealers, I mean, Georgia Tech is now in the ACC final, you know, playing the winner of North Carolina and, and Florida mm-hmm. State, you know, because of the fact that Virginia had a positive test. You know, and they couldn't and, and they couldn't play in the semifinal, and now they're saying that they have to work through the you know the protocols on the contact tracing. So you, you feel for that for them because they got you know the number one seed, and mm-hmm. now they couldn't play in the semifinal. You feel for them, and it's happened in a few other places too. Um, North Carolina A&T, who play in the MEAC, they were actually the one seed in mm-hmm. their conference. Some people said that they might might have a chance to pull off the upset, depending on you know, how their matchup is. But unfortunately, they had a test, a positive test in their program. You know, they could play in their conference tournament and their season's pretty much over with. So, you know, you hope that nothing, I don't think it's going to be a big outbreak, but I would be, you don't be surprised if we have some teams having to pull out for various reasons. Yeah, as we talked about before the show, Lakina, it's just holy that things don't get too crazy. We all know why the NCAA is doing this because of money at the end of the day and CBS Sports along with Turner, they need that big paycheck, so that's why they're doing this. As I always say, 
everybody gets paid except for the college athletes, but we won't get too deep into that. That's for another podcast for mm-hmm. another time. Also, the Duke Blue Devils, who are trying to make a run to win the ACC tournament, they had to pull out due to COVID issues as well. That program has suffered uh, through a lot this year. I know there wasn't the greatest team on paper coming into the season, but along with that, combined with COVID issues, um, uh, their season is done. I, I know the women's program shut their program down yeah. earlier when, when college basketball was starting in late November, early December for everybody else. So, uh, hope, like you said, hopefully uh, this is just a minimal. I think there's going to be minor bumps in a row, but I'm not going to put panic into people. Oh, they shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be a disaster. We just don't know. But I think that, you know, we're, I think that we'll be okay. I don't think it's going to be as bad as people want to make it out to be. Yeah, I think people might be, I don't know why they're freaking out, but I think people just kind of mm-hmm. just slow down, slow down. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, congrats, you know, you want to say those congratulations to some teams, you know, from the Horizon League, they're our buddy from the show, Jordan Burnfield. He called a lot of those games this year. Number one seed, Cleveland State, is, I think it's their second trip in like, like four years. So, you know, Vikings mm-hmm. are here, are back in the tournament. Drexel, talk about a long drought. They haven't been in the tournament since like the late 90s. That's how long it's Taking been. Taking back to my high school years. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, congrats to them. You know, they're, they made it in the Colonial, their first conference tournament title in that long span. So, con- you know, congrats to them. Mount St. Mary's, you know, it's been a few years for them. They're back in the tournament mm-hmm. representing the Northeast Conference. UNC Greensboro, they're back for, you know, I think they, they were just there recently, but, you know, this is their first trip in a few years. Oral Roberts, you know, they, I think they were a four or five seed in their tournament in the Summit. You know, they, they're, they're back for the first time since, like, the mid-07, like 07, I think. Appalachian State, their first trip since the early 2000s when they were in another conference. So, mm-hmm. you know, some, some programs are making their returns to the tournament. Yeah, congratulations to those schools. Uh, I want to go back to the uh, Big East tournament for a minute, Lakina. I don't think there were fans in the stands uh, because they were playing in Madison Square Garden. But um, following Georgetown's upset win on Thursday, 72-71 over Villanova, Patrick Ewing, I don't know if he was trying to be funny, but because uh, we all do, everybody is doing, doing interviews via Zoom like we're doing our podcast via Zoom right now, you're listening and watching us. Uh, he s- said that he brought us up concerns that the Madison Square Garden <laughs> security didn't know who he was. He, he had to uh, give him uh, his ID. <laughs> I know he went on a, on a little two-minute rant saying, rant saying, I'm a former Nick. Uh, you, do you see my jerseys in the Raptors? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had Spike Lee yelling and screaming. I love Spike Lee. He's a great director. I know he's a super fan of the Knicks. <laughs> you got just about everybody making comments on it. Uh, I, I think that you want to try to be funny and serious at the same time, but it was like, do you guys know who the hell I am? Yeah, <laughs> I'm Patrick Ewing. <laughs> I'm 7'1". I'm a pro basketball <laughs> Hall of Famer. Do you know who I am? Do you know who you messing with? <laughs> I, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. You know, he kind of said with sort of a slight smile, but then he kind of felt, okay, maybe he was a little mm-hmm. bit serious, but it is a little weird that, you know, that, you know, I'm sure the security guards know who he is. I mean, he grew up in the area. He grew up in Jamaica, Queens. So it's not yeah. like, you know, it's not like nobody, you don't know who Patrick Ewan is. I mean, his jersey's up there on the Raptors there. So I don't know. I don't know if James, James Dolan needs to, you know, work on the security there. Maybe it's a security thing. Who knows? But I go, mm-hmm. but, but even though, nonetheless, you know, a nice win for, for Patrick Ewan being the number one seed Villanova in the, um, in the Big East tournament. So Good for them. Hopefully they can advance into the finals, which we tonight. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a great start for them in that program. 
Uh, Lakina, I want to go back to the Big Ten. I know Illinois, they're, I'm sure they'll be uh, getting ready to play their um, semifinal game, which is later today on CBS for you guys to listen to us on the Saturday, of mm-hmm. course. I know some people say they don't need this tournament to get ready for March Madness because they'll get one of those uh, four number one seeds. Even though, we, of course, we all know that they're in the tournament, they still need these couple of games to tune up. And we, we talked about this on our last episode, Lakina. Uh, Io Dusuma, who, who came back last week, he looked really good uh, at Ohio State. And I know he has one game um, under his belt, well, two games under his belt now uh, uh, with this recording. Uh, the Illini need to still strain a couple minor things out. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm not going to overread the, or things to that nature. But I cannot wait to see them play Michigan again, assuming that this happens uh, in the Big Ten tournament. I, I'm not going to say that Illinois is going to lay down. I don't think Brad, head coach Brad Underwood is going to do that. You know, this team is playing very well, well right now, and they can see the forest from the trees. So I'm looking forward to watching Illinois today and perhaps tomorrow uh, um, compete for the Big Ten tournament title. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because I don't think that, look, you need it, if, it, if nothing else, you need it for momentum. You want to have momentum yes. going into the tournament. I mean, you don't, you're going to be playing close to home. You might be able to get some of your, some of your fans there, perhaps at the very mm-hmm. least, you know, your family and friends. Cause I think that's where, I think that's how they're limiting it. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, look, Ayo, just, Ayo, just assume, I mean, has, has played great. You know, Ayo. I mean, <laughs> But uh, look, I understand what you know. The AD, the only AD, Josh Women said that look, you know what, you know maybe there should have been co-champs and blah blah blah. But you look, you put your season series with Michigan. You know, you've won each other's home floor. You, yeah, you could probably say that the win you guys had in Ann Arbor a couple of weeks back was more impressive because you did it without your top player. Okay, fine. Especially the same way, you know, he, you know, he was also saying that you know maybe AO should have been you know Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, but I, I, I get it. But look, unless, you know, Luca Garza was either, you know, hurt or wasn't very productive, neither was the case. He was probably going to get Big Ten Player of the Year. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, and he's deserving of that. And, it, and he all deserved to have his jersey retire, which they, they surprised went on his senior night last yeah. week, which was a very nice, nice sentiment there. So, look, if we get a Michigan-Illinois, I think that, that'll make CBS ha- happy. The, uh, Big oh, Ten yes. Title, that Big Ten title game. I mean, look, Ohio, you know, Ohio State may have something to say about it. Um, Wisconsin, they had a, you know, they had a nice one a couple of nights ago. They had, they might have something, and, and maybe Rutgers. Rutgers may have something to say about it too. So, you know, look, weird things have happened in the Big Ten tournament in the last few years. So, but, you know, Michigan has won, I think, like three or, you know, three of the last five. So they may not be ready to relinquish that title just yet. Uh, before we move on to the uh, another conference, Lakina, uh, wrapping up the Big Ten, let's throw some roses. Uh, no pun intended to the Northwestern is their season ended with the five point loss against uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Yeah, I mean, look, next year, a lot of people are saying that next year because he has a lot of, you know, Chris Collins has a lot of top recruits coming. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, who were you know, a big part of, you know, what happened, you know, had that nice little early start where they were like three and oh or three and one in the Big Ten earlier in the year. They kind of went down, you know, pretty quick. But, Everyone's saying that next year is probably going to be a year for Northwestern. We'll see. I mean, like the, the teams we mentioned may have something to say about it, but, you know, look, I mean, you get, there's always next year, I guess, if you're in Northwestern. Yeah, that's what we always say as Chicago sports fans. And 
we'll see what happens. Anything else to press you, Lakina, throughout uh, these conference tournaments, Pac-12, Big 12? I mean, I'm looking forward to see what the Pac-12, you know, endures because Oregon is the number one seed, and hopefully then USC will be on a collision course to play later today. Also on, on CBS or ESPN, I believe, I don't, I, don't know this, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but, you know, but look out for the you know, Oregon State. Oregon State might be a potential bid stealer. You know, that's another big stealer. Mm-hmm. They might, you know, they beat UC, U, UCLA, so maybe knocking them out the tournament. Um, the ACC, I want to see if Georgia Tech, if they, you know, later tonight, if they can be a potential bid stealer for somebody. You know, of course, you know, walking over with Duke. Um, Alabama's probably going to want to, you know, win the SEC tournament for the first time in a long time. You know, especially with Kentucky being out. This will, this will actually mm-hmm. be the first time, Sid, assuming that we know Duke wasn't going to go unless, you know, they, they, they won the ACC tournament. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this will be the first time, I think, since 1976. That was the last time Duke, neither Duke nor Kentucky made the NCAA tournament. And yes, that, you are correct. And that Kentucky, this is actually their first losing season. Well, actually, this is, you know, their first losing season, I think, since the 80s. But... Also, too, for Coach Cal, I know you're not a big fan of his, um, <laughs> but, you know, it was actually his, you know, his first, win, his first losing, I should say, since his first year at UMass back in 88 and 89. So, you know, the season is just very weird and everything else, you know. But, look, I mean, good luck to all the rest of the conference tournaments, you know, tournaments, you know, games and you know, any potential bid stealers and, you know, hopefully we'll have, you know, a lot to talk about during our, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on that announcement afterwards, but should be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, speaking of uh, announcers and announcements, uh, real quick before we take our uh, time out, uh, here are the 10 uh, sets of broadcasters for CBS and Turner as we get set for March Madness, which will take place in the state of Indiana next Thursday. Uh, here are the announcing teams. The number one team will be Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. Brian Anderson, Jim Jackson, Ellie LaForce will lead the second team. Iron Eagle, Jim Spinarkle, and Jamie Erdahl will lead the third team, followed by Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, Dana Jacobson, Carter Blackburn, and Demi Antonelli. Lisa Bington and Steve Smith will follow. Andrew Catalan, Steve Lapis, and A.J. Ross. Our good friend Spiro Ditas will be teamed up with Brendan Hayward this year and sideline reporter from MLB Network, Lauren Shahadi. Love her. Tom, yep, me too. Tom McCarthy and Avery Johnson will round out the, the second-to-last crew. And Brad Nessler, Steve Ladin, and Evan Washburn. So those will be your announcing teams for the 2021 March Madness Tournament for CBS and Turner. Love Lisa Byington. You know, she's a great work for the Big Ten Network. So mm-hmm. it's great to see her. She's going to be the, actually going to be the first woman to do play-by-play for the, for the men's tourney. So very excited. And also people are wondering why no Chris Weber or Reggie Miller, but because they're going to be busy doing NBA, especially since they're going to be in a bubble in Indiana. They want to kind of limit mm-hmm. that. So that's why you're bringing guys like Brendan Haywood and, and guys like that. So you know. And also to Wally Zerbiak, who does work for MSG for the Knicks, and he's also with CBS Sports. He'll be in the studio this year along with Seth Davis and Clark Kellogg and host Greg Gumbel. Yeah, so that's why they're limiting like some of the NBA guys since they're going to be doing, you know, they're going to be NBA games going on too. So that's why they're limiting on what that is. And I'm happy mm-hmm. for Jim Jackson too. You know, he's you know definitely, mm-hmm. you know, he's a great play-by-play guy. Of course, Big Ten Player of the Year back in '93 was close to you know, going to the Final Four with Ohio State. But, of course, you know, Jawan Howard and the rest of the Fab Five, you know, put a brakes <laughs> on that. So, 
But yeah, so I mean, look, I think this is a, this is a great team coming out. They have a nice depth of announcers there, of course, the CBS and Turner. So it should be fun. It's gonna be interesting to see how they set it up, Sid, because of the fact that you're gonna be you're gonna have like two games in one court and like two games on the other side of the court, and you know it's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. to see how you know how they spread out the schedule. Like, it's gonna be very uh, it's gonna be a little weird, but you know, look, it's what it looks. What you gotta do when you're trying to do a tournament during a pandemic. Yeah, especially without having one last year, it's great just to have one this year. Like we said before, we're not back to fully normal yet, but this is a start, and March Madness is a part of that. So just for those aspects alone, Lakina, we'll see how the uh, the coverage is, will be handled by CBS and Turner. Let's take a quick 20-second timeout as you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me. On the other side, we'll have friend of the show, Miss Caitlin Sharkey from Fox 32 Chicago Sports. She'll hop on with us to talk bears and other fun stuff. And we'll talk about a new TV contract with the NHL. Uh, has strong thoughts about that. And we'll have a whole lot more. You're listening to the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. All right. Lakina, I am ready. All right, so welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> Along with Cindy Brown, who is he? I'm Akina McGee, who, who is me and she. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Cindy Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. And you can follow the show on at com at War Media. You can listen to all of our you know, great shows with our buddy Josh Hicks, our, you know, our, our top guy, Kyle Means. You know, just so many great shows on, you know, on the War Media family. You know, you can follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the, pod, all the podcast platforms, Anchor, Google, iTunes, and you know, also iHeartRadio. We're also on the YouTube. You know, like, share, subscribe, mm-hmm. and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. <laughs> and also, we're going to have fun with our next guest. She's the friend of the show. She hails from the state of Wisconsin. Now she's a, a Chicagoan covering Chicago sports for Fox 32 Chicago Sports. She is the one and only Miss Caitlin Sharkey. Caitlin, welcome back to the program. How are you? Thank you. I'm excited to be back on with you guys. Like I said, I missed you, and I'm glad that we have sports to talk about because last time yes. we talked <laughs> both, we didn't know what the sports scene was going to be like the last year. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. Let's start off with the Chicago Bears. Lakina, one, uh, two, three. Musa. Uh, oh, my God. Because uh, <laughs> you know what, though? You know, the Russell Wilson stuff is, you know, coming, you know, and it's kind of been accelerating the last, you know, week, Caitlin. Um, people are, you know, following him on Twitter and, you know, all, you know, you know Bible scriptures. We know he's a very religious guy. And now, you know, there's a report saying that, you know, the Bears are going to offer, you know, the Seahawks such a great offer that they, they will not refuse. So what are the chances? Is there any chance that, you know, the Bears could get Russell Wilson? I think there's always a chance. I, I you know... Some things seem more far-fetched than others, but I've also seen the NFL kind of do some wild things the last couple of years. So I'm never really surprised at how things play out. I mean, I never would have guessed Tom Brady would have been signing an extension in Tampa, you know, like a couple of years ago. So I think the NFL has just become this business where players want out, players want to go where they want to go. And if Russell Wilson wants to come to Chicago, there's obviously talks that he wants to. I would be surprised if he did really end up here because – the Bears, like the, that report says they want to make this offer. They can't refuse. 
But then you're thinking to yourself, what can they offer for future Hall of – I mean, future Hall of Fame quarterback? Um, if they just package together a bunch of guys in every graphic <laughs> they have and throw it out to Seattle, maybe. Um, but, I mean, I think it would be exciting. I think it would be awesome. And if – I'm surprised that Russell wants to leave Seattle. He's such a face. He's such a – you know, he's, such, he's done so much for that team and that franchise. So that – part is shocking to me and if he wanted to leave that organization for because of a down year and he didn't have enough weapons to work with I don't know why he'd want to come then to Chicago um, because it seems like they're kind of in this influx right now with a lot of things obviously it would be great for the Bears it would be great for the city of Chicago I think he'd like being here in the city so to speak but um, I say there's always a chance so it would be an exciting move it'd probably be one of the bigger moves I think it's Russell and Deshaun you know, kind of figuring out where they go will be the biggest news of the offseason this year. Yeah, speaking of Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, Caitlin, of course, we all know in the NBA going to basketball, which is a second we know, know about what LeBron James has done. He's brought the player and power movement to that league, and we've seen what, what's been happening over the last uh, decade or so. Uh, going back to the NFL, do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? Because you can you can see arguments on both sides because – as we all know, the contracts in the NFL, unless you Kirk Cousins, are uh, 30% guaranteed. So uh, do you think this is a, a good thing for the NFL or a bad thing for the NFL for players to now voice their opinions and um, force their way out of bad situations? Well, I think you hit on it, Sydney. The fact that it has pros and cons, and I can see both sides of it because I also look at these players um, – they're risking their bodies. Their whole life is football, right? So they want to be somewhere where they're happy, where it's good for their family, where they feel like their talents are being utilized the most. At the same team, you don't. At the same time, you don't want the super teams being formed. The NBA can do that a lot easier. The NFL, mm-hmm. I don't think, will ever get to that point, so to speak, where it's like everyone's jumping ship to join whatever team. I don't think we'll ever really see that to the super team extent. But, I mean, it's interesting because now it just creates this, if a player wants out, he'll find a way out. And, and social media has been used in such a powerful way for these players. I mean, we see it yeah. all the time now. You know, the, the cryptic tweets that we're all trying to understand, the pictures, <laughs> the posts. I feel like every day I'm like, does this mean anything? Or is it like just posting something? You know, it's, it's right. one of those games that we're playing. And I... I don't know. I, I go back and forth with it. Part of me wants to see, like, if you sign a contract and you sign a commitment, you're committed to that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's not always going to be roses. You're not always going to play for the best team. And I mean, we kind of all deal with that in our own lives. So right. it's, it's one of those yeah. things where you're like, you made a commitment. It goes back to like my t-ball days when my, my <laughs> mom would be like, you signed up. Now you're finishing the season, even though you guys are terrible, you know, it's like, just like character development, but money talks at the end of the day and winning talks and it's a business and these players are more than just quarterbacks they're more than just receivers they're you know helping franchises they turn franchises around so I think we're going to see more of this so to speak but not to the extent where we're going to get these power super teams in the next couple of years. I, I totally agree with you on that, Caitlin. Um, Allen Robinson got the franchise tag. We all, we all knew that was going to happen. Kyle Santos got a pretty, pretty much a, pretty, basically a year extension, you know, and deservedly so. He's been very, you know, efficient, you know, the last couple of years for the Bears. 
But there's also rumors that maybe they may have to release, you know, somebody like Akeem Hicks or somebody like that because they're way above the cap. So would any of these, anybody surprise you if they do have to cut somebody of significance? It wouldn't surprise me at all because I feel like the Bears are so backed in a corner with the moves that they've made that they have to I mean, the franchise tag, like, on Robinson, we knew it was going to come, but it also could be a tag and trade. I would not be surprised if they try to package Allen Robinson together mm-hmm. in a nice little bow and say, here, mm-hmm. you can take that um, to try to get someone bigger. I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like no one is off limits as far as cuts for the Bears. It was good to see Cairo Santos get the, the extension that he deserved because they finally have someone. He was probably the most <laughs> consistent player on that team. Let's not be honest. <laughs> So that was like the best move that I've seen, but I feel like they've really backed themselves in a corner and I, I don't know how they're going to figure out this season because if the Russell Wilson part doesn't work out, you are in a major problem with quarterback. Um, so I, and it just limits so much of what you can do and what you can sign and how you allure free agents. Because if I'm a, a receiver free agent, you're coming to a team and you don't even know what the quarterback situation is going to be. And that's not right. And you want, mm-hmm. um, and Alan, I, I mean, I don't see that there's any chance that Alan's still here, um, unless they do sign him that extension. But I feel like what we've heard is the talks are not trending in that direction. So I would not be surprised by anything. I feel like they say everything's on the table and it has to be because they've created this situation for themselves. They have to have everything on the table. Kayla Sharkey, Fox 32 Chicago sports anchor and reporter, is joining us here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, who is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. Uh, Kayla, sticking with that Bears quarterback situation for a moment, assuming that that Russell Wilson situation doesn't work out, which will probably end up happening that way. I know some Bears friends will get mad at me for saying that, but we're truthful on this show. <laughs> uh, who you think are the realistic better options for the Bears? Uh, we, uh, me and Lakina have been talking about this for weeks. Uh, we threw out names like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Me personally, I think Derek Carr could uh, work here, but John Gruden, the head coach of the Raiders, has a love-hate relationship. Right now, we don't hear any news out of Raiders camp. Uh, we threw out Alex Smith, but let's yeah. be honest, he'll probably end up retiring. So, like you mentioned, uh, the Bears are very limited uh, as far as realistically as their options at quarterback. Do you think that it's possible that they could bring Mitch back? I, I mean, I feel like if all the pieces fall and they're in a situation where it comes down to Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, or Mitch Trubisky, and they can't get their hand, like, they have to, right? Because at the you end would of the think. day, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like, you're, you're thinking to yourself, you're like, I always go through the list of quarterbacks, and I'm like, is Mitch Trubisky going to be worse than Derek Carr? Maybe, maybe not. But is Derek Carr going to come in and just be the answer to all the problems for the offense? I think not either. So it's, <laughs> it's, such, a, it's such a weird dynamic, I think. And the fact that it's only fulls. And now I think, too, a lot of the problems with the Bears offense and talking to some of the people around the team and the offense specifically said – this, camp, this past camp was this whole quarterback competition, right? That's what everyone focused on. That's what the, the coaches focused on, the personnel, yeah. the plays, all the practice schedules were focused on this competition. It didn't really give a lot of chance for the offense to actually work on what they needed to do and play in schemes and plays right. and 
get those reps in because they were switching out quarterbacks every other rep from camp literally to the regular season as we all saw it play out. So I think if they have a sustainable, if they have a quarterback and they can develop consistency and really work on what the offense needs to work on as a whole, they might be better off because it's hard to tell if Foles was just set up for failure. Mitch was set up for failure because they embarked on this quarterback competition in a weird year and a hard year with a lot of changes. So I think that was the biggest issue. So as far as quarterbacks, I don't think anyone is going to come in and save the day unless it's Russell Wilson. All right, let's go to a chance. It's a little bit better, but unfortunately a couple of nights ago that we showed them, maybe they're back into reality. That's those, those are bulls. Um, do you think that the bulls make any significant, you know, trades, you know, before the deadline? And do you think they have a chance to at least make it to the play in? I hope so. I think, um, the bulls have maybe exceeded expectations a little bit. Everyone was kind of down on them and it's, it's tough because so much of it is put on. How did Zach Levine do that night? Like you, you go to the box score of the bulls and if they won or lost, you're looking, well, how many points did Levine have? If Levine goes off, they have a good chance of winning, which seems like common sense, but it's become more of a, if that team doesn't learn how to play defense, um, as well as it needs to, that's going to be the issue. Levine can't get 30, 40 a night. He has, but like, he can't consistently do that. Like last night was a perfect right. example um, where that's going to be an issue. I don't really know if they're going to be sellers. Um, what they kind of have, it's kind of like a similar situation to the bears. What do they have to offer to get a big free agent? I'm not sure. I think they should try and do whatever they can. Um, I think they have a great coach. I think there's certainly stepping in the right direction, um, which is promising. Right. And that's mm -hmm. sometimes that's the hardest part. You get a, you get a good coach like doc rivers and Philly and now Joel Embiid is feeling like he, you know, he can be an MVP. So I think it's all about fit and culture. And I think Billy Donovan has done a great job. I think they've bought into what they're trying to do there. They're just going through the growing pains right now. And it's, it's all on Levine's shoulders. And that's, that's a lot to ask. Speaking of growing pains, not the old school TV show, but the, <laughs> sticking with the sticking with the Bulls and Kobe Wright. Of course, he's the second year player out of North Carolina. I know in the beginning of the season, of course, now with uh, along with new head coach Billy Donovan, you have Hall of Fame um, head coach Maurice Cheeks, who's from Chicago, and people thought that Kobe White's game will be uh, going up to another level. I've been saying to people, whoever uh, uh, that's listening, that. Kobe White is a scorer. He's not a he's he's not going to lead the league in assists. He's not John Stockton, okay? But I believe he's a scorer, but he can still make plays uh, when need be. Give us your assessment of Mr. White in year two in a Bulls uniform. I think he's I think he's learning some valuable lessons this year. Like you said, he's a scorer. He's going to go out there and try to get his points. But I also <laughs> think he's understanding that it takes a lot more than that to win and in winning close games. And I think that part is still part of the growth, still part of the development as a player. And I mean, even we saw what it was a couple of weeks ago when he was benched in the second half because he coached him like his energy. And I think that's, that's, that's a hard realization and that's a growing curve for players in their second year, especially, especially if they, it's like they have this confidence, they can go out, they can score like Kobe White can, but there's other things they need to learn how to do consistently. And, it, and it's all energy and attitude. And yeah. I think he learned his lesson by being benched. You know, that's something no player ever wants to do. But I think he, the more he plays, the older he gets, he'll learn how to make the plays in the right moments or see the floor and, like, 
that's not your shot. Yes, you can maybe make that shot, but is there a better shot for a teammate that you need to pass it off to, you know, kind of seeing the floor more openly. Um, but I think he's done a great job and it's, it's been a lot of change and a lot of yeah. adversity for him in two seasons already. Yeah. So I think he's done what he can. And I look forward to seeing the growth from a lot of those guys on that team because they have great vets that can come off the bench and do some good things for them when they need it. But it's going to be nice to see how these young guys kind of grow into their own and learn what it takes. And yes, you may have the shot that you want, but is there a better <laughs> one available on the court right now? And I think that's something the Bulls got to figure out. What about Laurie? You think Laurie is another polarizing figure among Bulls fans? Do you think he can, you know, improve? <laughs> I know, right? You know, do you think he can, he can improve and perhaps, you know, is he gonna be is he gonna be like a, a piece that they can build on? I don't know. I I'm kind of back and forth on it. It's hard because then he got injured again, so it's like he's taken out. So his body of work is always getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's like, okay, is he or isn't he? Um, and I'm not gonna pretend that I'm a basketball scout and can look at him and know what he's capable of because I, I'm not sure. Um, I think he should show a little bit more at this point. I, I would say like, if you're watching, you're like, okay, this is what, uh, can we actually build around this? Um, I think it has the potential, but I wouldn't wait too long. You know what I mean? If you're looking yeah. at this team as a whole, how long are you really waiting for marketing to kind of pop off and be this superstar that they expect them to be? Let's go to baseball, Caitlin. Of course, there are high expectations on one side of town. On the other side of town, there's cause for concern. That's nice as I'll put it. I'm referring to the Chicago Cubs, of course, the White Sox on the south side. Putting my bias uh, out of the way, um, Caitlin, of course, I'm a White Sox fan, but uh, it's just in a professional way. Uh, what chances do you give the White Sox to be a serious World Series contender in 2021? I think I, they have a great chance, and it's exciting – my bias is completely removed because I'm from Wisconsin. So it's so funny to see like wide <laughs> change and everyone be so excited for the White Sox. And <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch the dynamic of the fan bases, you know, even people I know in Chicago that are so pumped for the White Sox. I think they have the greatest pieces. They have great potential. They have all the things they need to do. I was nervous when they hired La because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, the Sox are a very young, swaggy, cool team like new baseball um you think of guys like tim anderson and how he's going to mesh with tony Larusa when they first made that hire and i'm like eh, yeah. i just don't see this playing out um but now that you listen to tim anderson in camp and some of the other guys they're buying in and at the end of the day tony Larusa knows how to win so i whatever you your personal feelings are about him and if he's you know been around too long or this and that i think they've figured out a way that they know they have the pieces they have the talent they have the yeah. bats they have the pitching well why not not bring in a manager who has a proven track record of success so i think there should they should be high and i'm excited to watch they were fun to watch last year in a short yeah. season so i'm really excited to watch the Sox because they're fun and I, I mean that's the most exciting part of Baseball is that game that, you know, it's laid back and it, obviously it's competitive, but it should be more laid back and fun because they're, and they're going to play a full season. So they're going to need that same attitude this season if they want to make a, a long sustainable run. What about the North side? Either they brought back Jake Arrieta, they got Jack Pearson, who was employing the, who's been hitting the ball like crazy out in Arizona right now. What do you think about, what do you think about the Cubs chances? Can it, can it at least make it, you know, interesting in their division? 
Yeah, I think they. I think they cub, the Cubs can always have a chance. Their pitching obviously is a scary situation if you're a fan because yes, Jake Arrieta is great, and I don't think that he's lost it by any means. Um, I don't think he's a 2015 Cy Young winner like he was then. I don't think he's that same guy now, but he's certainly not lost anything. I love the Jock Peterson move. Hopefully, he keeps smashing them out of the ballpark when the season begins. But outside of that, they're going to need to rely on. You know, maybe some of their young guys in this rotation can really make a name for themselves. Maybe, you know, all it takes is really good, one good arm to like kind of emerge unexpectedly. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. now you're talking about a team in these, in the division and can they make a push? So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with some of their free agents moving forward. But um, I'm excited to, to watch. And I don't think it's going to be what Cubs fans are used to. But I also don't think it's going to be a disaster, so to speak. So, and the division's tough, and I don't really know how the Brewers are going to stack up against the Cubs and things like that. So that'll be, if they're having a down year, all of a sudden the Cubs are, you know, right in it. So <laughs> it's it's just this happen, back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the NL Central is always like, okay, who is it going to be? Who's it going to be? And even when they're not having stellar years, I feel like these teams in that division can kind of make a push. So. I wouldn't write off the Cubs completely, but no. Do I expect them to be in World Series talks? No, not at all. <laughs> Heading down the home stretch with a friend of the show, Miss Kaylin Shargan from Fox 32 Chicago Sports, right here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Kaylin, um, going back to football, of course, uh, you, you just wrapped up your first year covering the Chicago Bears for Fox 32. Uh, besides the players and the coaches, only the network reporters and the few cameramen from NFL Films were actually allowed on the field last year. Hopefully, I think things will change as far as 2021 with more vaccinations coming. People get uh, uh, vaccinated. Uh, talk to us about your first experience uh, covering the Chicago Bears, especially under those uh, difficult circumstances last year. Yeah, it was it was super bizarre, obviously, for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed being at the game, even if we didn't have locker room access. And I, I was interviewing, like I literally in our post game show, I'd sit in the empty stands, which was bizarre. And yeah. <laughs> I had my laptop and I would be like doing my post game one-on-one via zoom. So that part was all bizarre, but it was nice to be at the game and actually see and feel like I was actually going to cover an event. Um, so I was grateful for that, but it was so bizarre. I mean, I would second half of the game, I would just sit in the stands to get ready for the post game show. No one was around. Yeah, it just gives you like this scrimmage feel and like the, <laughs> the sidelines are loud, obviously where the players and coaches are, but like there's no momentum. And I think that was a big part of, and so like when some of those games, when the bears were losing it late, you're like, Oh no, because you know, like there's no energy in the right. kind of, boost them up or change the tide but I am I am done with zoom and I, I hope we are like at least get some kind of access to like one player a game um because I feel like my my one-on-ones I spend the first five minutes like hey can you hear me David David hello and it's like you know you're just like so frustrated and then by the time the technical stuff waves out you're like I forgot what the heck I was gonna ask this guy like you literally yeah lose your whole yeah you lose your whole train of thought so it was an interesting season I miss you know just getting to know the players and even the beat reporters and there's not because you go to the press box you stay in your assigned seats 
everyone has their masks on. You're not really interacting because that's like not what we did the last year. Mm -hmm. So it was a very bizarre season. I'm glad it happened. Um, I would have been obviously way more upset if there were no, was no football. Um, but I'm excited and I'm hopeful as you guys talked about with the vaccinations and everything else moving yeah. in the right direction. I don't think we're out of it by any means right now, but it's nice to know that we're right, headed in the right direction. Uh, fingers crossed. So, yes. all right. So, you know, NCAA tournament, you know, we were talking about it, you know, right before we, you know, we started recording. Kansas has now, you know, they have to leave the big 12 tournament because one of their guys tested positive. You hope that that's, you know, that doesn't sort of spiral out of control. Like, you know, we've mentioned, you know, earlier, do you think Illinois has a chance to, you know, to perhaps, you know, get all the way to the, you know, the championship game? And also, and if not, who? And do you think we'll be able to kind of avoid all of this where teams have to, you know, have to, you know, leave, you know, because of a positive COVID test? That's, I mean, this will be the hardest bracket I think any of us fill out because it will not be like a bracket busting 16 over one seed. It'll be like, well, they got COVID and now the teams, you know what I mean? So yeah. it is mm -hmm. such a, it is such a wild card this March. Um, I think Illinois certainly has the, the talent, um, the, the focus that they're, they're in it. They're, they're going to be one of those teams if they stay healthy um, if they're not affected by any of that stuff that they can definitely make a long, uh, long push as far as everyone else. It's like the minute I feel like, oh, they have a chance. I'm like, I don't know. Um, it's been one of those games. Even when I, when Illinois blew out Michigan, I was starting to think, I don't know what's going to happen this college basketball season because it's just been so different. And um, yeah. I, I mean, I talked to Loyola yesterday, Lucas Williamson with Loyola, and it's just, I think a lot of these players are just grateful that the tournament is here and that they have an opportunity because year ago we know it was all taken away from some of those guys and you're in your senior year so I know you know when they go out there they're going to play their hearts out they're not going to take any of it for granted so I also think that creates a different dynamic because we know college basketball players all it takes is one kid to get hot at the right time in a big yep. moment and it'll be sailing to success so I'm, I'm hoping both Illinois teams can make a serious run. Let's wrap up this interview, Kaylin, with a, a couple of fun questions for you. I know that you're ready. You you always prepare to take whatever is given to you. Okay. And I know that this time it won't be different. Which of these reality TV shows uh, would you uh, like to be a part of? I'll give you five choices. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Bachelorette, Big Brother, Married at First Sight, The Amazing Race, or Survivor? Oh, man. Well, Married at First Sight's the first to go. Absolutely not. Um, okay. I would say The Amazing Race. I think that would just be fun and different. And yeah, no, nothing with The Bachelor Bachelorette or mm -hmm. anything anything affecting my love life. No, I would rather just <laughs> smart make girl, a run at a good prize. Yeah. Smart girl. Love it. Smartly, I should say. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have any, without telling, telling the year that you were born, did you get a chance to watch any Saturday morning TV shorts or cartoons uh, growing up? I did. I did. Um, what were some of your favorites? Oh, man. I mean, I always loved... See, it was like reruns of Tom and Jerry when I was watching them. But I would love, I, I honestly loved the Muppets. I think they were underrated. But I was Thank yeah. you. Thank I you. Love the, I watched the Muppets Christmas every Christmas. I love, I love the Muppets. I think they're hilarious. I still do. Um, SpongeBob. I watched a lot of SpongeBob. Um, Doug. 
a lot of Nick, Nickelodeon in its heyday, I feel like was yeah. just, was really good. So um, any of those, but yeah, I, I'm Muppets fan for long, for a long time. So I'm hoping <laughs> nothing happens with the Muppets that they just stay to come. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Lakina. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say before we close out, uh, Caitlin, we had a top of a couple of weeks ago, and I, I started watching, of course, NBC transition to uh, uh, the teen comedy shows to the mid to the late 90s with California Dreams and Saved by the Bell, the New Class, and City Guys, and one world. I don't know if you remember any of those shows, but I started watching those via YouTube for the last couple of weekends. I just had this great nostalgia of uh, taking it back to my uh, high school and early college years. So uh, you and Lakina are now besties or with the Muppet Babies. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I, the other day I was on Netflix and it was like the 90s section or whatever. And it was like mm -hmm. sister, sister and yep. Wondering, yes. I'm like, man, I loved all of these shows. Saved by the Bell, I loved. Um, I loved all of these shows. So I was like, okay, I need to walk down nostalgia, you know, just to kind of get that feeling. And I think we could all use a little nostalgia right now to oh, remember yes. simpler times. So I'm grateful that those shows, I don't know if I'll watch any of the reboots because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not someone for sequels as it is, um, especially with TV shows. So, uh, but it's fun that they can bring those shows back because, yeah, I used to watch so much Sister, Sister, like it was in Smart Guy and all of those kind of shows. So I'm excited to see what they, that they keep putting these out on for Netflix for our, for our generations. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these young kids need to learn what yes. great television shows were like, especially Absolutely. back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. But today's kids will never know, Caitlin. They will never no. know how mm -hmm. good we had it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just nice and simple and like it was just I don't know how to describe it it was just easy and uh, easy watching easy viewing and just fun good shows all right see as usual we put a guess on our smiles faces and once again we did to get today with our good friend Miss Caitlin Sharkey of Fox 32 Chicago Sports she is a host anchor and reporter you can follow her on social media at K Rose Sharkey once again at K Rose Sharkey that's the letter K in the Rose Sharky. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming back on our program today. Uh, great job. Keep up the great work and let us do this again down the road, okay? Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to talking to you guys. You always do a great job. You always make me laugh and it's fun to you need a little bit of both of that when you're doing sports talk, so I appreciate Absolutely. that. Yes, we don't take ourselves so seriously. No, we so don't. This is what no, it's all don't. about. Well, if, you're not talk, if you're not talking about Russell Wilson and the Muppets in the same show, I don't want to part yeah, that's of it. A so, you know? There it is. <laughs> look, we're, look, we're unapologetically fun for a reason, Caitlin. Remember, <laughs> remember exactly, that. Exactly. Remember that. Well, so, thank Caitlin, you guys for having me. Thank you so much. You stay safe, sweetie. All right, you guys too. Talk to you later. All right, take care. All right. Once again, that's Caitlin Sharkey of Fox TV, Chicago Sports Channel 32. For those of you that still have rabbit ears, uh, she's a great friend of the show. That's why we like having her. You know, uh, she brings uh, the knowledge, and she has a, a whole lot of fun along the way. So uh, that's why we do what we do, Lakinas, and we're not going to apologize for it. Yeah. So let's, let's move on to the NHL. Yes. And they're going back to ESPN as of next season. I wish I, had uh, that, I wish I had that music, the NHL music that the Now, this had. is one of the few times I wish we were back in studio. I know, right? That would have been so much fun. But um, it, the way it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be like a lot of the streaming. They're, 
their ESPN mm -hmm. Plus, a lot of the games are going to be on their streaming services. Yes, you know, the, the, the Stanley Cup you know, final will be on a, the big ABC. That's mm -hmm. sort of like the big condition for four of those seven years. Assuming NBC looks like they're going to get the other half of that mm -hmm. package. So, but the out-of-market games, that's the one thing I'm concerned about, Sid, is the, the out-of-market games. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm worried about because, well, in the market case, I should say, because, you know, Black Ops fans, you know, growing up, we had a hard time trying to find, mm -hmm. you know, those games. We couldn't have the, we couldn't find the home games. We, we didn't have the home games. Yeah, you had to games. watch the 10 o'clock news to watch the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, so, there was no internet back then, no social media, so you no had to watch stream. the local news. Yeah, so, and then, my God, I, I mean, and now it looks like that's going to be the case here. So, I know you had something to say about it, said, well, what was it? Uh, I just I just wanted to say that I, it's good that ESPN is back, but like you say, Lakina, we talked about this the last couple of shows about how we view and stream everything, how we listen to music, how we listen to podcasts like what we do, how we watch sports in general. Uh, options are here, and it's not going anywhere. The one or two ways that we used to consume everything, Lakina, as we talked about before, those yeah. days are gone. So we just had to get used to it for better or for worse. And going back to the ESPN package uh, in terms of ESPN Plus, and I believe Hula will be part of it as well. A lot of those are out-of-market games. Won't, uh, the NHL TV app is now history. So everything had to be uh, consumed through ESPN Plus, which I know is $10 cheaper because you get other programming from ESPN besides hockey. I just hope that ESPN will give it more attention, especially on their shows like Sports Center. Remember, they did it before uh, the 2005 lockout, yeah. and this was after the Jordan era of the Bulls. So, And I remember watching those Sports Centers because, and especially during my uh, college years, uh, uh, they had because it was the Kobe and Shaq era back then because yeah. most of their games were late unless they were playing on the East Coast. But definitely during the playoffs, the Lakers were playing late, and those games that were on ESPN, too, I'm talking about the playoff games, they would lead off Sports Center with those games and then talk about the NBA later. So uh, hopefully the NHL will give the, the NHL uh, the respect that it deserves. But I know things are a whole lot different now because back when they hopped on, ESPN back in 92, you didn't have these league channels like NBA TV, NHL Network like you do now. So there's competition there, but still, hopefully ESPN would give the NHL their due respect, not just advertise that whenever a, a, a day of a game is on. It's going to be interesting, right? I mean, do you want to hear, you know, Stephen A and Max, you know, talk about the NHL when I'm going to assume it, you know, Stephen A rarely watches the NHL. Do you want mm -hmm. to, you know, on Get Up? I'm sure you're going to be seeing, you know, Barry Melrose and, you know, Emily Kaplan and folks like that, you know, on, on those shows. You know, we'll see. I mean, I, it's going to be interesting. Who's going to be the voice of it? Will Steve Levy, who did it for years, will they bring Gary Thorne back? You know, that's going to be sort of the thing that's, you know, I'm happy for those guys. I'm happy for, you know, Linda Cohn and John Butcher Gross and, you know, you know, folks like that who are big NHL people, you know, we know that they covered the sport for years when ESPN, you know, first had it. And, you know, they kind of, you know, they kept promoting the, the sport, which is great. So will, will you see some of the other, will, you know, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, will their morning show, will they start talking about hockey more? So it's going to be very interesting to see how this sort of, you know, filters in with their coverage, their TV coverage, because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what they do here with this. As we mentioned before, it's a different landscape now than it was 20, 25, 30 uh, plus years ago because you didn't have these league channels, as I mentioned, like you do now. 
you, you brought up my next point, Lakina, but I'm still going to continue anyway. Sometimes you do that, but but that's okay. We we keep on we keep on with the show. <laughs> it's but I think, it out, so which is great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, John Butchagross and Kevin Weeks, uh, they were they did some games on ESPN a couple of years ago. It was, it wasn't an NHL game. I, I think it was a. I forgot Frozen the name Ford. of the tournament. Was it was not just a college tournament. It was some kind of not an Olympic tournament, but probably what I forgot what a national tournament. Right, you national tournament, something like that. Yeah, or something like that. right. Yeah, but uh, they were the number one team. You could tell John Butchagross, who's if you guys remember those of you that are age and older, he used to host NHL Tonight on ESPN two back in the day, mm-hmm. and so you know he has a. Pure passion for hockey, of course, follow him on Twitter and his shows right there, especially yep. during the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I, I just uh, – my thing is, will they have the traditional two-man booth or the three uh, – two analysts and one uh, on-ice analyst for the ESPN coverage? Because my number one team for ESPN will be Butchie, Kevin Weeks, and then you can have Barry Melrose or Brian Ingram down on ice level. I like that. That'd be a pretty good. I think kind of like what the NBC does, you know, they have one of their folks, mm-hmm. they have an on ice analyst. So yeah, that, that would be cool. I mean, and like you said, bring Steve Levy back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, put him somewhere. He'll in be your number two guy. Yeah. Cause I'm sure he's going to be busy doing football, whether it's pro or college. So I'm wondering, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, like, you know, I'm sure they're going to want to bring kind of like a younger, you know, a younger, you know, announced team. And then you just mentioned, you know, John mm-hmm. Budgegross and Kevin Weeks. That's going to say, will they be, will they do kind of like an NHL tonight type show? You know, probably not necessarily how they did it back in the day, but sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe put on ESPN plus or something, you know, have an NHL like frozen, you know, it's kind of like the old NHL on ice, you know, have like a sort of like a pre and yeah. post with, you know, their, their games of the week. I mean, It'll be interesting because, like you said, Sid, I mean, the landscape has changed so much, you know, with television and how people consume their, you know, their content. So <laughs> I'm assuming that I'm sure most of the games will probably be on ESPN Plus. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, this is sort of, this is sort of a wonder for all the, the people who are, who are cord cutters, I think. Yeah, as our good friend of the show, Mr. Terrence Tomlin, always says, you can catch those games Via your bootleg cable. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> It'll be interesting, though. It'll be interesting to see what, what, what happens yeah. with this because I, I think it's going to be interesting. Like, who, who's going to be kind of like the lead? Who's going to be like the, you know, like the Adrian Wojnarowski, the Adam Schefter, the Jeff Passan of the NHL? You know, I'm, I'm sure Emily mm-hmm. Kapp will probably be that person for them since, you know, she does a great mm-hmm. job, you know, write, you know, writing, also reporting for the NHL. So, yeah, they, maybe they bring up Pierre LeBon. Maybe they, they bring him back. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting who they who they bring in here because I think you know, this has got a lot of potential for it to be a big a, a good partnership for ESPN and the NHL. Yeah, as long as you put the right people uh, for that uh, to cover that sport, uh, ESPN will be fine. They have it for the next seven years. Now, like you mentioned before, with the network side of it, looking, it looks like NBC may get it, but on a rumor that was Fox and Turner. I kind of wish Fox would bring it back. I, I, that's how I really got into hockey back uh, in the mid-90s, between 1995 when the NHL came back and then, of course, following the 1999 season, uh, the NHL on Fox was no longer. Of course, the broadcast, uh, the broadcast rights went to ABC and ESPN, of course, uh, ABC yeah. over the air which uh, carried out until the end of the 2004 season. I really like the NHL on Fox, but unfortunately we'll probably never see the, uh, the, the, the 
uh, glow in the dark, the glow, the glowing, the pug. glow in the dark pug. Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. But at the same time, though, <laughs> that's a very polarizing. Yeah, yeah, the number one game of the week, uh, outside the Stanley Cup final. The, if you get had the number one game of the week, you would get that game with the glowing puck. Yeah, because Chicago <laughs> at that time they were still good, but we didn't get those games with the glowing no, puck, didn't. and I'm mad about that. <laughs> we did not. We did not. People forget we uh, did not have a glowing puck. <laughs> those Blackhawk games when they were on, they did it was not. usually the Rangers or yes, the, the back Devils, then the, the Devils, the, the Flyers, Kings, the Kings were actually yeah. starting to kind of get in, you know, kind of become that top team. I yeah. think the Sharks were just starting to become, you know, yeah. one of the top teams. Then so yeah, they we didn't get it. I'm 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 a little miffed about that. <laughs> too, but uh, yeah, the Penguins too with uh, Lemieux yeah. and uh, Yamir Yager. Ooh. When they were still, yeah, when they were still, you know, very good and competing, you know, for cups then. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this works out for you know for for all parties. We'll like I said, we'll see. You know, you know, it's not official. It looks like NBC will get that other package. <laughs> so it'll be interesting though. But I'm, I'm glad the NHL is back on ESPN. I think it's long overdue and hopefully, you know, if they got, you know, look, you got the people already there, you know, who are hockey knowledgeable people, try to get them in there and you'll be in good shape if you're ESPN and ABC. Yeah. I think they'll be better off without Stephen A and Max pretending they know hockey and they don't No probably, disrespect, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah, probably not. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Can okay. you imagine Stephen A yelling about Patrick Kane? What the hell's a spinorama? Roll, roll, Stephen A. A spinorama is where you spin a 360 and you shoot the puck. It's not a slam dunk, but it's pretty damn close. Okay. <laughs> well, may, well, well, maybe you get Kevin Weeks or Billy Bowens. I know Billy Bowens is there during the playoffs. You know, I know they have him on and on you know first take. So maybe have you know Kevin Weeks on. You know, whoever else they get to you know you know to be an analyst, you know, gamer and studio analyst. So. I, I'm look. I mean, they may do it that way, and they may not have you know Stephen A. and Max, you know, yelling about hockey, which I'm sure none of neither of them will probably watch a lot. So, <laughs> no disrespect, but it, I'm just just saying. So, but like I said, this will be an interesting. French, this will be an interesting partnership, and I and I can't wait to see how it goes because, like I said, this has been long overdue, and people have been you know clamoring for it for years. Even their own ESPN's own personalities have been clamoring for it for years. So now you got your chance, your shot, and you know, I'm sure, look, I'm sure they'll do a great job. Yes, they will. Anything else before we uh, uh, call it a day and make our big announcement? Well, let's see here. Well, you know, I, uh, Caitlin, you know, mentioned earlier, Tom Brady has you know, signed an extension with the, the Bucks. I mean, not a big surprise. You know, I don't think anybody, any of us thought that that would happen. <laughs> so, but so, that's part of Sally Cap Reese's too, well, I've heard. So, yeah. uh, you know. And they've also they actually just announced that they're actually going to restructure the Chiefs are going to restructure Mahomes' contract because what a shock! <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean they've had to let go of his you know two top old linemen and Eric Fisher <laughs> and Mitchell Schwartz. I mean they 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 had that's the reason why they had to let them let them go. You know, you had both of them are pro bowlers, and especially with Fisher not being able to play in the Super Bowl, unfortunately, you know you saw you saw what the de- the, the Tampa defense did to did to Mahomes, so. They had no choice but to release him, and unfortunately, of course, now they got to restructure Mahomes' contract. <laughs> and yeah, I saw. I just saw that the Bills have had to um, restructure some of their contracts, some of their top guys. Let me look that up for a second. Um, uh, Mario Addison, you know, he they, he had to restructure his deal. Mm-hmm. You know, Mitch Mitch Morris and Vernon Butler, they had to restructure their deals, and and also some releases. I know Judge Charters just released their Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner. So, you know, 
that's eleven. That's eleven million dollars that they you know took off the books for, for the Chargers. So a lot. Look, a lot. We said this. A lot of names. You know, mm -hmm. Daryl Wills. You know, they got signed to an extension with the Bills, but you know, like we've been saying, a lot of guys. You know, they're going to be a lot of familiar names that are going to be cut or released or the very least, you know, restructuring their deals. Before we get to that, Prescott, Lakina, Eric Fisher, her, a couple of people say this uh, yesterday morning. Do you think that the Bears would take a chance on him since Matt Nagy uh, worked uh, with those players, especially Eric Fisher, particularly in Kansas City? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, let me see how old he is. Um, he's got to be like near 30 or just barely over 30. Okay, he just turned 30 in January. So he's still young. -ish. You know, that's old age for the NFL. But that's old age, though, for an old lineman. Plus, he's coming mm -hmm. off uh, an Achilles you know, tear. So. You know, you, you got to think that that's going to be an issue. And look, the, you know, the Bears have already had their issues with O-line for years. So I don't know. I mean, would you I'm, look, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of veteran, you know, people. I'm sure Baltimore, I'm sure it's going to need a, a, an O-lineman. The Cardinals, the 49ers, probably the Seahawks, you know, to kind of, you know, yeah. sort of, you know, make it a little bit, you know, Snazzy up for Russell Wilson, and maybe hey, you can Russell, see. please stay. <laughs> yeah, look, here's a pro bowler. Here's a pro bowl attacker, right? Oh, right here. You know, come on, please stay. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure he'll he'll have some he'll definitely have some contending teams vying for his services, no doubt. I won't be surprised. Now, uh, wrapping up here. Yes, you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports on with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Dad Prescott signed a four-year, I believe, 168 million dollar deal. I forgot how much of that is guaranteed, but there's a no trade clause in there. Uh, he had a couple yes. other perks in there as well. So congratulations to Mr. Prescott for inking that new deal. Yep. Lakina, uh, as, as you mentioned before, and this is going to affect, affect Dallas. One, I said uh, last year, even though Prescott was putting up great numbers, their defense was horrible. Jerry Jones has a lot of the work to do along with his son to try to fix their defense. You may have to, Cup, uh, cut a few guys and a, a mm -hmm. few other ones like Amari Cooper, their wide receiver, who they signed to an extension, or Ezekiel Elliott, who who signed his extension before the start, I believe, last season. Yep. You know, last season he did not – he had the worst season of his career. So you may have to ask those two guys to restructure their deals. Yeah, I think that's probably what you're going to have to do, right? I mean, mm -hmm. look, I'm happy for Dak. I mean, he totally deserves it. He bet on himself and he won. Yeah. But like you said, so the way the salary cap is set up is eight hundred eighty-two and a half million. So, and there's still a lot of teams, you know, the the Cowboys included there over that. And so, you know, one hundred sixty million for four years. I think that about like, I don't know how much. Like, they like half of it is guaranteed, you know. But I mean, look, he definitely earned it, and I I kind of feel like it'll be interesting to see what they do with this because that defense was putrid last year, so. They may have to get rid of maybe Amari Cooper, unfortunately, to kind of – or the very least restructure his deal to kind of, like, make some room for some, you know, a defensive guy. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> like I mentioned before, yeah, You're it perplexed. is a complex issue, not just for the Cowboys, but everybody uh, in the, uh, around the National Football League. So I, it, you're going to see some more names, surprising names, get cut here in the next uh, week or so. So it, it – we're going to be just as complex and surprised as you are uh, out there in the, in the listening and viewing uh, public. So uh, get ready. As the NFL likes to soak up this kind of stuff during the offseason to keep their names out there, 
well, this is a unprecedented times, even though we're starting to get back to normal a little bit. We at the starting point uh, uh, in the NFL in the news. It, it just keeps going on day by day. You kind of have to think of it that way, right, Sid? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look, I mean, Pernell McPhee, you know, signed, we signed with the, the Ravens on a pretty – He's still playing? Yeah, he, he was actually <laughs> – he actually been pretty productive for the uh, for the Ravens, believe it or not. Aaron Jones is out there now. You know the Packers decided not to not to tag him, so now he's going to be out on the open market. So look, there's definitely going to be some guys. Don't be surprised if you see some guys in new places because of the way the salary cap is structured. The way some teams may not be able to spend as much as they want, or maybe you know maybe not sign for as big of a contract as they want. So it's going to be very interesting once the new league starts. The new league starts next week because. There's going to be a lot of movement, I think. Yep, there should be a, a lot of movement. It's going to be interesting to see uh, who boasts up their roster to try to get some of that cap. And it, it's going to be interesting. And, that, and then we have the draft next month. Uh, it's, it's only going to get hotter, as we all like to call it, Lakina, especially when I got Jason Pfeiffer with us. It's Lions season. And I'm sure we're going to get that to more next week. But as yeah. far as the draft is concerned, so – uh, it's it's a, a lot of moving parts uh, yet to be determined. Well, and the interesting thing about it is that you know, the teams will be allowed in their draft rooms for this year's draft. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you know, with masks and distancing and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we won't, of course, we won't see Cliff Kingsbury's house again, unfortunately. Or well, Jerry know. Jones's. Well, we'll see Jerry Jones's ball. I don't well, know if we'll yeah, be drafted, still, but still. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We won't see, you know, Brian Flores. Get on the boat. <laughs> yeah, we won't see Brian Flores or adorable sons, you know, with excitement whenever, you know, their dad get a chance to draft. So we won't see those moments. But I guess it's a good thing, you know, to get this back to some type of normalcy, like, our, like you know, Kayla said earlier. Yes. All right. Um, I think there was it's more. time if you can oh. hear the drum beat. Oh, no, you do it better. Thank you. Yeah. We have a big <laughs> show announcement. Lakina, take it away. Well, much like what we did for the Super Bowl about a, a little over a month ago, well, we're going to be doing a similar, you know, live stream for Selection Sunday at about 6. Yay! Yeah, right after <laughs> the brackets are announced, about, about, I guess about 6 o'clock, you know, some like, you know, 6 o'clock, 6-ish, you know, tomorrow night at right after the Central brackets. Standard Time. Yeah, Central Standard Time. I got to make sure. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, 7 p.m. Eastern and 6, 6 p.m. Central, Central Standard Central, Time. Yeah. And, and that's 5, 4 p.m. in the West. Yeah, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So don't forget, don't forget about our, our mm-hmm. folks in the Mountain Times, our friends in the Mountain Times. So, but we're going to be doing a live stream, you know, Selection Sunday. We're going to break down the brackets. We'll talk about any potential upsets that we see. And hopefully there will be no issues to come about, you know, as we right. unfortunately we saw for the last few days. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Gabe Salgado you know, from Alton Sports, also does some work for WGN Radio. He'll be with us. He's a, he's a, you know, a big college hoops expert. You know, he's really good, you know, with the brackets and stuff like that. So he'll, 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 you know, he'll break down it with us and hopefully we'll have some other people on. We'll, we'll announce that, you know, in due time, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And look, it's going to be myself, Sid and Kyle and also Gabe too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. You can uh, check out that show via the Twitter at War Media. Once again, at War Media, you can get the live uh, feed there. Also, you can go to our Twitter pages as well as yep. Sid Eddie at Kina. At Kina McGee Most on Twitter. Of, yeah, we'll have we'll tweet out the live links as on, on tomorrow night as the get 
gets close to showtime. So you can uh, watch it live with us. Maybe you can ask us a question or two, see yeah. who you have in, in this year's tournament. Remember last year, we didn't have it this year. We get it back, provided that we don't have any other serious issues. Uh, this year's tournament what, should be like no other. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too. We'll we'll talk about it on tomorrow night, but we'll it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. It you know how, especially like 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 I said you know, earlier with the West Coast teams, you know, some that will probably have to play like at you know nine ten in the morning, you know, their time, and the it's mm -hmm. gonna be interesting you know, with their body clocks since they're not used to it. So it's gonna be very different. Hopefully, you know, it goes off without a hitch. Hopefully, we'll see Virginia and Kansas. Hopefully, you know, things will be you know okay with them. Mm -hmm. You know, with the you know the testing and whatnot, because I think they say you have like seven seven negative tests with at least six players. I, mm -hmm. I'm sure they're gonna I'm sure they're gonna adjust that. You know, depending on you know everything, but oh, fingers crossed that you know mm -hmm. we'll we'll be able to have a tournament and things will go off without a hitch. Yeah. On that note, you can follow yours truly once again at SidKid80. Once again at SidKid80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. And you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. You can go to our website, wearegalradio.com, for more information. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. You can also listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from the War Media family by simply go to War, type it in in that search engine box, War on Anger, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R -R Media on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. As we blow you kisses and take our bows, thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, and we are unapologetically fun. Yeah, remember, you, you, know, you can follow shows like In the Scope with our buddy Josh Hicks. That's David's show and some of all the other great shows here on War on Anchor, War Media, on you know, all the platforms like Sid just said. So look, you look, you got places where you can find us. So we're here. <laughs> no excuses, folks. No excuses. None at all. So it's gonna come back to Earth this weekend with the weather, but you know, it should be fun. So but still, keep your hands sanitized, wear your mask, and keep your distance. We're almost there, folks. Just just just, mm -hmm. just keep turning along. We're almost there. All right. Go, go ahead, Sid. No, no, no. I'm waiting for you to no, wrap no. up. No, you, no, you do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until next time, for Lakina, I'm Sid. You're listening to Second City Sports. Holla! And we'll see you on Sunday. I mean, tomorrow. <laughs>